ओम ज्ञान चिरंधस्य ज्ञानंजन शलाकाया चक्षुर्मीलितम् येन तस्मै शुभरवेनमः दिस व्हाट आई एम गोइंग टू से फॉर द नेक्स्ट आवर और सो इज अ कंटिन्यूएशन ऑफ a lecture which i began last night and continued this morning and we could continue throughout our life and life after life discussing the subject the subject is who is krishna we are gathered here this evening to celebrate the appearance of krishna who is krishna and if we ask different people we'll get different answers so last night and this morning we went through different discussing different people non devotees and devotees what will they say if we ask them who is krishna what do they say about krishna so now we got up to lord brahma he's a good person to ask about krishna he's very intelligent he's got four heads they're all very intelligent heads he knows what's going on in the universe he's directly instructed by krishna tene brahma hridaya adi kavaye krishna directly instructed brahma but what what comes after that in the verse tene brahma hridaya adi kavaye what's the next muhyanti yat surya even though he was directly brahma was directly instructed by krishna still another quality of krishna is that he bewilders the demigods so even brahma becomes bewildered about krishna he knows very well about krishna he was instructed by krishna in brahma samhita which is spoken by lord brahma he uh, we only have the fifth chapter extant at the present time but in that fifth chapter brahma's prayers to krishna is a summary of all the topics of Srimad Bhagavatam. Srimad Bhagavatam describes about Krishna. And Brahma has summarized all the topics. And in every line we find of his prayers, we find him saying, Govindam Adi Purusham Tamaham Bhajami. Krishna is Govinda. He is the giver of pleasure to the land the cows and the senses he is the original person and he is the person who brahma says i worship so if we ask brahma who is krishna he will say krishna is govinda ishvara parama krishna satchidananda vigraha anadir adir govinda sarvakarana karanam krishna is the supreme controller he is not impersonal his his eternal form is composed of bliss and consciousness 
He is the origin of everything. There is no origin of Krishna. He is Govinda and he is the cause of all causes. If we want to find out who is God, Hare Krishna, we can try and find out what caused this flower. No, that's too easy. What caused this? What are the causes of this here device? So there, anyway, they're, they're, it's a big philosophical discussion. We don't have much time. What are the causes of this? It's a big philosophical discussion. Well, there's plastic, and I guess the cause of that is some oil. There's metal, and that must have been dug out of the ground. So there's the ingredients, they're the causes. The cause also is that uh, someone dreamed up to make such a machine. Hmm. Uh, someone else... So the cause of it is some inventor or team of inventors, engineers. Then the cause of it being mass-produced is the uh, industrialist who wanted to make some money. The cause that I bought it was to record the lectures. So there, there are many causes, not just one cause. It wasn't that there was just some explosion and it came by accident. There's some cause, various causes. So if we examine all these causes, where did the oil come from? And according to our scientists, it's dead animals, fossilized animals turned into a black stool or something. So uh, then, anyway, where's the whole material world has come from? come from Krishna, he's janmadhyasya yataha, he's the cause of the material creation. But then again, another cause is the desire of the living beings to live separately from Krishna. Like I say, it's a big philosophical topic. Where did this, what is the cause of this? We could spend our whole life discussing it. But to save the problem and the uselessness of doing that, we can say the ultimate cause of everything is Krishna. And why we ended up in this material world fiddling around with things like this instead of dancing with Krishna, that's what we should understand. Better to be with Krishna. Instead of trying to unravel the mysteries of the universe, better just understand. There's only four things we need to know about this material world and even that we can compress into one. The four things are janma, mrityu, jaravyadhi, birth, death, old age and disease. And that one word we can say dukhalayam, it's miserable. Yeah. Right. This material world is miserable. We should chant Hare Krishna and go to Krishna. So Brahma, he understands this. Therefore, he's uh, a great devotee. We take Brahma's version. Now, um, we can learn about Krishna from Brahma, from his Brahma Sanghita. There's also one very important instruction that we receive from Brahma about what we can know about Krishna. How much can we know about Krishna? How much can you know about Krishna? 
How much do you know about Krishna? Who's read the whole Bhagavad Gita as it is? I hope almost everyone here. So you should know something about Krishna, isn't it? And if we read the whole Srimad Bhagavatam, we should know more about Krishna. Who's read the whole Srimad Bhagavatam? You don't have it in Slovenian. I guess that's an excuse. You can read it in English. It's easy English. So we should know about Krishna. But how much can we know? How much is our capacity to know? Not as much as Brahma's. Brahma is, he's spiritually ahead of us and materially in terms of his intellect, he's also way ahead of us. If we just start to discuss complex uh, philosophical concepts, even if even at the beginning epistemology, if we start to discuss what are the different pramanas, pratyaksha, anuman, shabda, and then even then, even at the very beginning, our devotees they get bewildered. Shabda, you, you heard the sound of the motorbike going past. That's also shabda, isn't it? That's a sound. So is that praman? Is it? Someone's screaming in, in the disco. That's also sound. So that should be praman, is it? Is it? When we say shabda, that means veda shabda, not any sound, not the cow mooing. That's not so. Anyway, uh, th- there are so many things. Brahma, he can understand all these things. He's big brain, bigger than all our brains. His his mental capacity is more than all of ours put together. More than a million Einsteins put together. Brahma is very intelligent. But his conclusion, after he tried to trick Krishna, he thought he was more clever than Krishna. Muhyanti yat suryaha. Even the great demigods are bewildered about Krishna. So he came up with the conclusion Jananta eva jānantu kimba hukchang chame prabho manaso vapaso vaibhav vaibhavang tavagocharaha manaso vapusha vacha vaibhavang tavagocharaha Brahma's conclusion is that some people may say I know about Krishna. Let them say that. Let them say, Brahma says. But as far as I'm concerned Brahma says, and neither by my mental activities, physical activities, or vocal activities can I understand the glories of Krishna. They're beyond me. So then we may ask, why are we even discussing who is Krishna if Brahma, he doesn't understand? Brahma understands about Krishna because he understands that he doesn't understand. When we understand that we cannot understand about Krishna, then we can begin to understand about Krishna. And if we think, I will study, I will go to the university, I will get, I'll do a PhD about Krishna, and I'll, I'll become the world expert on Krishna, and people will come to me and I will, I will, uh, review their theses, I am the expert on Krishna. Such people know nothing about Krishna. Because from the very beginning, 
the very fact that they thought they could know Krishna disqualifies them from knowing anything about Krishna. They can learn some facts and figures. But even that, you can't... What's the fact and figure about Krishna? How big is Krishna? How tall are you? How tall are you, Hare Krishna? Prabhu. 174. Okay. So how tall is Krishna? <laughs> He's bigger than the whole... You can't measure. He's bigger than the whole universe. Bigger than you too. But he's also so small that you can't measure him. What is the measurement of one angstrom? We have any scientists here? One angstrom? I also don't know. It's very small. It's one millionth of a millimeter, something like that. But Krishna's, yeah, they, they go down that low in science. But, uh, Below that, if you can find anything smaller to fit in one angstrom, Krishna fits inside that also. And if you, so Krishna is infinite and infinitesimal. And how will you measure him? You may say, well, we have the deity, he's this big, but he can also change his size. That happened so many times. I, in London, I was there in 1975, 76. I was living in London. And our dear, they, that time they weren't feeding him much. He looked quite thin. Gokulananda. Then we, then they started feeding him. Instead of giving him tiny little meals, they gave him huge meals. And within two weeks, he had to change all the clothes because everyone could see he got fatter. So don't think that you can measure the deity. He can change his size also. So Krishna is immeasurable. We cannot measure Krishna. When we understand that, then we can begin to understand about Krishna. Something. By His mercy. Teisham satata yuktanam bhajitam priti purvakam dadami buddhi yogam tam yenamam upayantite. Krishna will give us the intelligence to understand Him. And the beginning of that understanding is to understand that we cannot understand Him. Brahma also said, jnane prayasam udapasya. The attempt to learn in the normal way that you you study some books, you cram some things in your head. This attempt, Brahma says, give it up. Namanta eva, become humble. Bow down to Krishna. Jivanti sanmokaritam bhavadiyavartam. And dedicate our lives to uh, Krishna, to hearing about Krishna. Stane stita, wherever we may be, we don't have to run off anywhere else. Shutigatang, go on hearing about Krishna. Tanuvang manobia, dedicating mind, body and words in Krishna's service. Then, ye praya By this method we can conquer Krishna who is unconquerable. We cannot put Krishna in a box and seal it up and say, yeah, I captured Krishna. But by uh, humbly serving him, then by his grace, we can understand him. This is the important lesson we get from Brahma. Who is Krishna? Brahma will say, I don't know. But he knows better than anyone. Therefore, we have to go again and ask him, can you tell us something? And then he will say, Govinda Madi Purusham Tamaham Bajami. 
Brahma, he's not so, he can't be tricked. That we can just take some knowledge. There's a, there's a nasty saying or a figure of speech in English. Picking someone's brain. You, you find that you talk to them and then you, you learn something. You ask them questions and then without having to study, you get so many things from them. Picking their brain. You cannot pick Brahma's brain. He's more, he won't be fooled. There's one time, this, uh, Virochana, the king of the demons, and Indra, the king of the Devatas, the demigods, they both came at the same time to Brahma. They wanted to get knowledge of the self. So Brahma said, the self is the body. You are the body. And Virochana thought, oh, that's very good. So they both went away. They left and said, okay, we learned the self is the body. And Virochana is a demon. He's, they liked to hear this. They thought, this is very nice. And Indra came back and he said, well, that's not very satisfying to know the, the that was, that's what we're already thinking. That's why I came to you to find out actually what is the self. So Brahma said, okay, I'll instruct you. Now Virochana went away. He's satisfied with that. Now I'll tell you, actually, what is the self, which is not the body. So we cannot fool Brahma, but if we approach him humbly, his representatives, they will instruct us about Krishna. Who is Krishna? They will tell us, who is Krishna? So, so many things Brahma has told us. In that Brahma Sanghita, we find out that Krishna is the origin of Mahavishnu, uh, Krishna is on his order. The sun is moving. Not just some bunch of gas that's just by chance floating through space, but Yasyagaya Brahmati. Brahmati. He's, the sun is moving on Krishna's order. We find out that uh, Ganesh, Shiva, Durga, they're all servants of Krishna. And we find out that uh, Krishna plays a flute. This we learn from Lord Brahma. Vairankvanantam Aravinda Dalayatakshan. And his eyes, they're beautiful, just like lotus petals. Baharvatang samasitam buddhasundarangam. And he has a peacock feather in his head. And his uh, figure is blackish like a monsoon cloud. Kandarpa Koti Kamaniya Vishesha Shobham. He's so beautiful that even millions of cupids cannot, uh, they, they cannot even match Krishna. He's so beautiful. So descriptions of Krishna are given by Brahma. We can study. Now we don't have time. If we had a lifetime and more, we could study more. We're just trying to go through briefly. But we won't finish. That's good, isn't it? We don't want to finish, is it? Discussing who is Krishna. We just finish, get it over, finished. And then we can, uh, then we can discuss who is my wife, who are my children, who is our prime minister, Who's the 
best footballer in the world. No, better we go on. Better we never finish this lecture. We'll go on. Who is Krishna? We'll go on studying. Of course, not just studying, but then when we understand who is Krishna? Ishvara Parama Krishna. He's the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And who am I? That's the next question. Actually, that question comes first. Who am I? We don't, who is God? That's a big question. Who am I? Jivesvarupai Krishna Nityadas. We're the eternal servant of Krishna. So, when we understand who is Krishna, the next thing is that we have to serve Krishna. This is one way to serve Krishna also, to hear about Krishna. But anyway, the topics, I'm not going to finish here tonight. I'll continue this lecture later. So, who else can we ask about Krishna? Who is Krishna? Lord Shiva, he also knows who is Krishna. Aham me Shuko Viti. This Lord Shiva, he says, I know, I know what's in the Bhagavatam. Shukadev, he knows, I know. We'll find that people worship Shiva, people worship Durga. They say, the worshippers of Shiva say, Shiva is supreme. Worshippers of Durga say, Durga is supreme. But Shiva says, Krishna is supreme. And Durga says, Krishna is supreme. So, uh, we are also worshippers of Shiva and Shakti. But we worship them how? By worshipping Krishna. And if we worship Krishna, then everything's included. We don't need to worship demigods separately. The two examples are given there. Uh, what's that verse? Adi Purush? Prano Paharaj? Yeah, but what's the first line? Yatataror mula nishe chena tripyantitat skandha bujo pashaka prano paharaj chayatindriyanam yatarham. What's the last line? Sarvahanam. Hmm? Achuteja. I, I forgot the last line. You got it. Anyway, the point is that Achuta, Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the example is given that just like if we give water at the root of a tree, then automatically the twigs, leaves, branches, flowers, fruit, everything is nourished. Or if we, another example, if we give food to the stomach, then automatically the rest of the body is nourished. On the other hand, if we try to water the twigs and the leaves separately, then they will they they won't be nourished. Or if we think ah I can't hear properly, I'd better put some food in the ear. It's not getting enough nourishment. It won't work. There's a proper system. So like that if we think I'll worship the demigods and then they'll provide me everything. No, the proper system is we have to Worship Krishna, who's the root of all existence, and then the demigods will be satisfied also. So that's the proper system. So Shiva, if we ask, who is supreme? Actually, Shiva, he's, uh, what is that? Mahadeva Panchamukhe Rama Rama Hari Hari. Lord Shiva worships Rama, and specifically Sankarsana. 
And uh, Durga, she's the wife of Lord Shiva. So they're great devotees of Krishna. Krishna prasadana tribhuvana kare dhana tripurari nache jahapa. Just to get a little prasadam of Krishna, the whole world becomes blessed by that. And even Lord Shiva, who's so powerful, he's known as Tripurari. He destroyed the three cities of the demons, but he not, he dances to get some Krishna prasad. So Lord Shiva is a great devotee and his wife Durga, she's sitting in the Puri temple in her form as Bimala. And whatever is offered to Lord Jagannath is also offered to her. There's anyway, there's no time for telling so many stories now, but she's a great devotee of Jagannath, Krishna. So in Bhagavatam, so many devotees are described, so many demigods are described. The demigods are all worshipping Krishna, as described in Bhagavatam. Young Brahma, Varunendra, Rudra, Maruta, Stunvanti Divyaistavaihi. All the great demigods, they offer prayers to Krishna. So if we ask the demigods who is supreme, they know that Krishna is supreme. Indra, he also knows. Sometimes Muhyanti yet Suryaha, he also becomes bewildered. And he tries to flood Vrindavan, or sometimes he gets in a fight with Krishna. But basically he knows Krishna is supreme. We should all know. Who is supreme? Krishna is supreme. Who is Krishna? Krishna is supreme. In Bhagavatam we find also a description of many great devotees then mentioned in the Bhagavatam. Why are they mentioned? In the Bhagavatam we have lists of so many kings in the uh, dynasty descended from the moon and from the sun. These two great dynasties of kings. Their names are mentioned, but not all the kings they're mentioned in detail. Some of them are mentioned in detail. Prahlad, of course, he didn't come. He came from the uh, Daitya dynasty. But uh, his, he's mentioned in detail. Why is that? Because he's a great devotee of Krishna. Of course, Prahlad is associated with Narasimha. But it's described that he, Prahlad, is Krishna Graha. It's like haunted by Krishna. Or just like uh, if someone's crazy, we say that they're haunted. They may be haunted by a ghost. So, uh, devotees, great devotees, they are like haunted by Krishna. That they don't act like normally. People say, what are these Hare Krishna people? They're so strange. Because they're, they're captivated by Krishna. So they only think of Krishna. So Prahlad, he was Krishna-graha, captivated by Krishna, or captured by Krishna. And we find that he spoke to... Uh, oh, that's one interesting thing. They, they say, well, Krishna, he appeared 5,000 years ago, before there was Rama. But Krishna was known also, even before his appearance, because we know that Prahlad said to Hiranyakashipu, Matiya na Krishna Paratasvatova. People, they don't know Krishna. 
He said Krishna, he mentioned Krishna. So Prahlad was a devotee of Krishna and Krishna appeared uh, to protect Prahlad in the form of Narasimha. So Prahlad is Narasimha. <clears throat> so all these, uh, Prahlad, he knows Krishna. He advised Hiranyakashipu, you surrender to Krishna. All the great, so many great devotees are described in Srimad Bhagavatam. Ambarish Maharaj. Ambarish Maharaj, what will he say about Krishna? Well, what does Krishna say about him? Sadavo hridayo mahyam sadhunang hridayang taham madanyate najananti nahang tebhyo managapi. This, uh, who is Krishna? Krishna says, I am the heart of my devotee, and they are my heart. Who is Krishna? He's the heart. We want to find Krishna. He's in the heart. He's in everyone's heart. He's especially, he is the heart of his devotees. Why? Because they know nothing but him, and he knows nothing but them. So if we want to, where will we find Krishna? Where is Krishna? In your heart. Krishna's in your heart. Krishna's in everyone's heart. But we, he's not manifest to everyone. Nahang prakasha sarvasya yoga maya samavrita murho yang nabhijanati The rascals, they don't know Krishna. So we should know who is Krishna. Not that we'll say, well, Krishna is unlimited, therefore we can't know him, therefore we won't bother. We should know who is Krishna. We can know the devotees, they know Krishna. There may be so many, so many different opinions. There's one saying, which was invented by another rascal, Jato mod totopot. As many opinions, that many pass. Every, or in the, uh, outlook of the modern age, everyone is entitled to their own opinion. That's true. You can think what you like about Krishna. You can think whatever you like. But, it's better to think what the devotees think about Krishna. Because if we don't think in the proper way, what happens is, we may think what we like about Krishna, but Krishna also thinks about us. And if we don't think about Krishna in the proper way, in a way that's pleasing to him, then we end up as a pig or a dog or a cat. If we're offensive to Krishna, then Krishna's material energy who's serving Krishna he puts us in a form where we can't think of Krishna. Better we don't think of If we're offensive to Krishna, or if we spend our whole human life without trying to think about Krishna, then Krishna puts us in a position where we do not and cannot think of Krishna, namely in the form of a dog or a cat or a tree, in the lower species of life. So we should try to understand Krishna as he is. We can have our opinion. That's the idea in the modern age. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. Okay, you have your opinion. But if we don't know Krishna as he is, then uh, we will not have any opinion because we won't be capable of forming any opinion. We'll simply become a cat or a dog or a tree. Better to be a cat or a dog or a tree than offensive to Krishna. That's Krishna's mercy on us that he gives us such a form if we are not interested to serve Krishna. 
So we should better hear from Ambarish Maharaj, from all the devotees, who is Krishna. And they will uh, explain Ambarish practically. He will he will show us how to serve Krishna with all his functions. His legs he used to go to the temple. His arms he used for sweeping the te- his hands for sweeping the temple. His ears for hearing about Krishna. His mouth for speaking about Krishna. His nose for smelling the tulasi offered to Krishna. So in this way, Ambarish Maharaj is the ideal Acharya. So better to hear about him. For all the devotees, Narada, we find Narada again and again appearing in Bhagavatam because he's again and again, what's he doing? He's telling people about Krishna. So we can learn about Narada. Narada. He gives Narayana. Therefore he's called Narada. So we should learn from uh, all these great devotees, who is Krishna? What if we ask Ananta, Ananta Dev? We get a long answer. He goes, he's the most enthusiastic preacher of Krishna consciousness. Always preaching about Krishna. And one head is not enough for him. Even for he has unlimited heads. And he's just talking about Krishna non-stop. All the time. Uh, if we have enough appetite, we can go on hearing about Krishna also. What is that? Ted Srinvatam Rasagya. What is that? Vayam Tuna Vitripyama Uttama Shloka Vikrame. And I just gave the third line. And then I forgot it again. Just see. I don't have the brain of Ananda. Ah. At the very beginning of Bhagavatam, we find that Shonak and all the Rishis, they were so eager to hear about Krishna. They said that we're never, we're never satisfied. We always want to hear more about the wonderful exploits of Krishna. By hearing uh, we go on hearing and hearing. And uh, we we get more and more rasa, more and more taste for that as we go on hearing again and again and again. So, yeah, we should go on speaking. Go on speaking about Krishna, go on hearing about Krishna. Actually, any devotee, Ananta, he's constantly glorifying Krishna, but any devotee... He, should be enthusiastic to glorify Krishna, to hear about Krishna. That is the symptom of a devotee, that we always like to hear about Krishna. So I just speak about Narada. We find in Srimad Bhagavatam, Narada, he spoke to so many people. He gave knowledge of Krishna to so many, so many, to, to Dhruva, to Vasudev, to Prahlad, to Yudhishthir, we find even, Narad even made one snake a disciple. Not Ananta, just a regular snake. He made his disciple. To Maharaj Prachina Barhishat. So, Narad, we find he's one of the most featured 
speakers or preachers in Srimad Bhagavatam. Now I want to, there's not much time here, but I want to spend a little extra time talking about the Pandavas, because, uh, well, I've been studying Bhagavad Gita quite a lot recently, more than, I mean, there are so many books to study, but Gita, I've been, in the last few months, I've been going through more. So I was thinking about, I was contemplating more about Arjuna, because Krishna says to him that, uh, Saeva yangmaya tedya yoga prokta paratanaha bhaktosi me sakacheti rahasyam hirtad uttamam. Krishna says to Arjuna that that very ancient knowledge of the science of the Supreme I am today imparting to you because you are my devotee as well as my very dear friend. So I was considering this that Krishna has so many friends, many friends, He's a very friendly person. He has many friends. So what kind of friendship did Arjuna have with Krishna that Krishna spoke Bhagavad Gita to him? He could have spoken to anyone else. There are so many great devotees in the world. And how dear to Krishna are actually all the Pandavas, but especially Arjuna. That Krishna, he was living very comfortably in Dwaraka, and all the Yadus are there, all his queens, they all love him. But he would again and again and again run away from Dwarka or leave Dwarka to be with the Pandavas, just to be with them or to, to help them in various situations. He was all, all the, that whole area between Dwarka and uh, Indraprastha or Hastinapur, the two cities of the Pandavas. One before and one after. So that whole air, that whole land is considered very sacred because Krishna would go up and down between his own city of Dwaraka and the city of the Pandavas because he so much liked to be with the Pandavas. So Narada, he in, he said to Yudhishthira that, uh, Mukunda, Krishna, he is the maintainer of all the members of the Pandava and Yadu dynasties. Yadu dynasty is his own family. And Pandavas, he's related, but not, not so closely. But he, he loved the Pandavas so much that he is your spiritual master. That's true for the Yadus also. Worshipable deity, friend and the director of your activities to say nothing of this, and this is special for the Pandavas, he sometimes serves your family as a messenger or a servant. Krishna acts as a servant of the Pandavas, especially Arjuna. He became the chariot driver, not only at Kurukshetra. When Arjuna was, uh, he became the... Uh, what is that? He said to Krishna, the Senaya Ubhayar Madhyay, what is that? Ratam Stapya Mechuta. I need some food. <laughs> I have to wait. <laughs> Brain isn't functioning. He told Krishna, uh, uh, just drive the chariot in between the two armies. So Krishna 
He became Partha Sarathi, the driver of the chariot of Partha. But even before Krishna had driven, he had become the chariot driver of Arjuna. Can anyone say, you can, anyone reading Krishna book very carefully? Or Mahabharata? Yeah, you know. Right, right. And the Kandava forest. At that time also, Krishna assisted Arjuna by uh, driving his chariot. As Arjuna was shooting the arrows so hard and so fast that not a drop of rain could fall in the forest. And Krishna was driving his chariot around the forest so no living beings could escape the fire. So Krishna, he serves as a humble servant. The position of a chariot driver, that's considered... That's not very good. Of course, all the kshatriyas, they were expert also in driving chariots. Sometimes you have to. If your chariot driver gets killed, or, then uh, we see that Shalya, he also became the chariot driver of Kana. Rugmini, she also knew how to drive a chariot. She did, she, uh, capable young girl. When she was kidnapped by Krishna, then she drove the chariot and Krishna was fighting all the all the uh, Shishupal and all these others. So uh, Krishna is a very intimate friend of the Pandavas. And when Krishna disappeared, Arjuna, he, he came back from Dwaraka and he gave a... In, in, Remembering Krishna. When Krishna disappeared, then Arjuna came from Dwaraka and he came back and he told Yudhishthira. And he gave a summary of all the ways in which Krishna had been with the Pandavas throughout their life and had assisted them at every step. So I, I'll give a summary of that. Well, give a summary means I'll read from the Bhagavatam what Arjuna said about Krishna, after Krishna left. Arjuna to Yudhishthira. I have just lost him whose separation for a moment would render all the universes unfavorable and void like bodies without life. So Arjuna said that if, if even for a moment Krishna was not here in this universe, then it would seem like empty. And now he's gone. He's gone from the universe, and not for a moment, but he's gone. So, it was a great shock for the Pandavas. Only by his merciful strength, Arjuna says, was I able to vanquish all the lusty princes assembled at the palace of King Drupada for the selection of the bridegroom. With my bow and arrow, I could pierce the fish target and thereby gain the hand of Draupadi. Yeah, Arjuna was the last to try. He was dressed up as a Brahmana. They, they, everyone thought that, that Draupadi at birth, she was supposed, from the very beginning, she was most supposed to marry Arjuna. So Draupada made the Swayamvara, the, the uh, husband selection ceremony, just in the hope that Arjuna might be alive, which he was. He was disguised with the other Pandavas as a Brahmana. 
And then all the uh, kshatriyas, they tried to pierce the target, very difficult target to pierce because the target was there and there was a, a revolving, it was covered by a revolving, like a, a disc, and there was a hole in it just big enough for an arrow to go through. So you had to shoot the arrow just, and you had to shoot it so it went through the revolving, it went through and then hit the target. But first of all, he had to pick up the uh, the bow and string it. And most kings couldn't even do that because they weren't strong enough. So only Arjuna could do that. So, uh, but uh, the different kings were coming. And you don't know. You might have thought, well, any one of them might be able to do it. Duryodhana almost did it. And he, he, he uh, got the arrow through the hole, but it just missed the target. Then Karna came. Ah, yeah, that I wanted to say. The position of a chariot driver is considered a very low position. We find in Bhagavad Gita and throughout Mahabharat, Arjuna refers to Karna as Sutaputra, the son of a chariot driver. It just is like an insulting term. Low class person, like this. So then when Karna came to, uh, he could do it also. He was the equal or maybe better than Arjuna. But Draupadi said, I'm, I'm not going to marry anyone of any status lower than a king. So Karna went away insulted. So, and then Arjuna came. He said, can the Brahmanas, Brahmanas are allowed to try also? Yeah, okay. <laughs> none of the, none of the Kshatriyas could do it. So Arjuna did it. And then, Anyway, you can't tell the whole Mahabharata now. But, uh, yeah, but Arjuna could understand it. It's only by Krishna's grace. Only by Krishna. Krishna was there. And he, he said to Balaram, Hey, you see those five Brahmanas? I think that's the Pandavas. <laughs> so, uh, Arjuna realized that after Krishna left, Arjuna, he'd, he'd, all the great feats he'd done throughout his life, and then he was just taking the queens from uh, Dwaraka to bring them into Krishna's queens after Krishna had left this world. Arjuna was taking them to protect them. They were unprotected. And then some uh, some infidel cow cowherd caste people came and attacked Arjuna. This is Arjuna. He's, you know, he's single-handedly killed literally millions of kings and great fighters. Arjuna was instrumental in in uh, in knocking down Bhishma. He killed Karna. He Arjuna killed so many kings, and he killed more than than any on the Pandava side. Arjuna, he there's like certain Bhima's given all the Dhatarashtras, the sons of Dhritarashtra, and then uh, different people were given uh, this uh, different Dhristadyumna was for Drona and. Different people were given. You kill this one, you kill this one. Arjuna said, I'll kill the rest. So, so the, he, he had all the rest. 
He had a few specific ones. Jayadrata. He wanted to get him. So, uh, but then later, just, you know, a few cowherd men, some like some aborigines or something, and then they took away the queen. And then, then Arjuna realized that, oh, it wasn't me, that I, I was only able to do all these things by the mercy of Krishna. So that was in the beginning of his life. Then he goes on, because he, Arjuna said, Krishna was near me, it was possible for me to conquer with great dexterity the powerful king of heaven, Indradev, along with his demigod associates, and thus enable the fire god to devastate the Kandava forest. Yeah, so this uh, Agni wanted Arjuna's help. He wanted Krishna's help, he, but he petitioned Arjuna because he knew Agni wanted to... He'd, See, Agni, he eats. How does he eat? He eats as he's fire, so he eats the offerings in the fire sacrifice. But there have been so many sacrifices, so much ghee, that Agni got indigestion. So don't eat a lot of ghee tonight. If you eat ghee after fasting, then you're going to get indigestion. Better don't eat any ghee. Anyway, you will. but Better not to after fasting. So Agni had indigestion and the Kandava forest was full of all the herbs that he needed to eat. How does he eat? By burning. But uh, the uh, snake who was in there, who is that? The Takshak. He was a friend of Indra. So he, uh, Indra, every time that Agni came to burn the forest, Indra would pour down the rain. So Agni couldn't do it, so he took help from Krishna and Arjuna. So Arjuna made the... Uh, by, by shooting arrows, he made such an umbrella that no drop of rain could come through by constantly shooting arrows. So that's... Uh, who can do that? Do we have any archery champions? If they can hit one... With one arrow, if they can hit the target, they're considered a champion. And Arjuna, in the dark, with his left hand, can hit any target. So, uh, this was the grace of Krishna, driving Arjuna's chariot, that he was able to do this. And only by his grace, Krishna's grace, Arjuna says, was the demon named Maya saved from the blazing Kandava forest. And yeah, the Maya, uh, this... Uh, Agni wanted to eat not only the herbs, all the snakes, everyone in the forest, but the the demon Maya came out and he petitioned Arjuna, you please save me. And, and in reciprocation, this uh, Maya, who's a demon actually, he built this uh, as wonderful assembly house of architectural workmanship where all the princes assembled during the performance of Rajasuya Yagya paid tribute to Yudhishthira. So that house, that uh, magical house with illusory, optical illusory effects, that was constructed. Now Arjuna is thinking, that was because of my feet, but actually it was all because of Krishna. But why I'm reading this out, just so you see, Krishna was with Arjuna. All the things he did, Arjuna did so many things throughout his life, and Krishna was there to help him. Krishna was, he was with Krishna. 
what friends they were. Not just, yes, uh, how are you doing? Okay, all right, see you later. Not like that. Intimate friends. Your respectable younger brother. Now, Arjuna is referring to Bhima, who possesses the strength of 10,000 elephants. That's just said, uh, how do we say, what's the word for saying? Metaphorically. Because actually Bhima had a lot more strength than 10,000 elephants. But you just say that. Just like we say, Krishna is beautiful like the lotus. What lie? Krishna is much more beautiful than any lotus. Krishna is beautiful like the moon. Forget the moon. Krishna is much more beautiful. But anyway, you have to say something to give some idea. So Bhima possesses the strength of 10,000 elephants and Bhima was able by Krishna's grace to kill Jarasandha, whose feet were worshipped by many kings. These kings had been brought for sacrifice in Jarasandha's Mahabhairav Yagya, but they were thus released. Later they paid tribute to your majesty. So, so many kings were collected by, by uh, Jarasandha, just like some people collect stamps, some people collect butterflies, and Jarasandha collected kings. He'd go and yank them out of their palace and take them and lock them up. And why was he collecting them? He wanted to offer them all in sacrifice to Lord Shiva. He thought we'll have a big sacrifice and kill all the kings at one time. But then Krishna released them all and later those kings, they paid tribute to Yudhishthira because Krishna didn't take the position of the emperor. That was Yudhishthira's position. So the kings, they paid tribute to Yudhishthira, but actually it was all by the grace of Krishna, says Arjuna. It was he only who loosened the hair of all the wives of the miscreants who dared open the cluster of your queen's hair, which had been nicely dressed and sanctified for the great Rajasuya sacrificial ceremony. At that time she fell down at the feet of Lord Krishna with tears in her eyes. Yet Draupadi, who who had been as the queen presiding over the Rajasuya sacrifice with Yudhishthira. And everyone came and paid tribute to Yudhishthira, means they paid tribute to Draupadi. Her hair was nicely decorated, but that same hair, she was dragged by the hair into the uh, assembly of Dhritarashtra. She was dragged by Dushasha. So... uh, (coughs) At that time, she she called for Govinda to protect her as Dushashan attempted to uh, to strip the cloth from her body. And at that time, uh, Bhima, he vowed that just like my Draupadi, her hair is loose and unkempt uh, and in public by the... Uh, behavior of Dushashan and all these rascals. So, all the wives of the sons of Dhritarashtra, they will have to go with loose hair. That means that when one's a widow, no longer is the tie, their hair tied nicely and combed and decorated with flowers. It's loose and unkempt. So he vowed, because you've done this to Draupadi, then all the queens of the sons of Dhritarashtra, they will also all have to go with loose hair. 
So that was done by the grace of Krishna. Kunte apratijane hi name bhakta pranashyati. My devotee will not be destroyed for that insult to Draupadi. Then, uh, then Duryodhana, Dushashana, and all the, all the sons, even Vikarna, he spoke out at that time. No, you are doing wrong. You shouldn't do this. He was the only one among all the sons, by anyone, who spoke out against this. But even Bhima killed him also, because he said, I'll kill all the sons. So he killed it. Well, one came over to the side of the Pandavas. He wasn't the son of uh, Gandhari. So Vikarna also, he killed him. But when Bhima killed Vikarna in the battle, he did a parikrama of him and said, okay, he was a good guy. But anyway, he had to die also. Because he was fighting on the wrong side. So, uh Arjuna continued to Yudhishthira. During our exile, Durvasa Muni, who eats with his 10,000 disciples, intrigued with our enemies to put us in dangerous trouble. This Duryodhana, he, maybe you know the story, Durvasa Muni came to him and Duryodhana served Durvasa very nicely. So then Durvasa said, okay, what benediction do you want? And Duryodhana said that you just go to the Pandavas with your 60,000 disciples just after the time when Draupadi finishes eating because as a good wife she fed her husbands and everyone else first and then only she ate. That was the rule. The, the wife of the, the queen of the house she feeds everyone then she eats. So the, she had this uh, Akshaya Patra the, the pot uh, what's inexhaustible pot that enough food will come for everyone until Draupadi eats and, and, and then until the next day no more food will come so Duryodhana schemed like this that Durvasa you just go with all your disciples just in the uh, early part of the afternoon when already Draupadi has eaten and then uh, you go hungry and then Yudhishthi will be embarrassed. He won't be able to feed you. And then you're, this is Duryodhana's scheming. Then Durvasa will curse them. This was Duryodhana's scheming. So uh, Durvasa agreed. Okay, all right. He went there and Yudhishthira said, uh Yes, Durvasa, yes, uh, you came, and uh, yes, and, and I didn't eat yet, and by the way, I've got 60,000 disciples with me, and you're a king, so uh, you can expect, you have to feed us. So Gurdjieff said, okay, you just go and take your, you just go and bathe, and uh, I'll think out what to do in the meantime. What to do? So he went to Draupadi. Uh, no, he thought, yeah, yeah, he thought, yeah, no problem. We have our inexhaustible pot. He went to Draupadi. I already ate. Oh no, now we're really in trouble. What are we going to do? Draupadi, oh. She wasn't thinking that we're in trouble. She thought, our guests have come and we can't feed them. She felt so disappointed. So she called out, as she always did, Krishna, Krishna, Govinda, Govinda. And Govinda came. He wasn't in the forest, but he came as he can come anywhere. If we call out as Draupadi calls out for Krishna, then Krishna will come. 
So Krishna came and he said, well, I'm hungry too. Why don't you feed me? There's nothing in the pot. It's all finished. Is there anything in the pot? No, it's all finished. Just have a look. And she looked and saw there was a little bit of rice stuck to the bottom. Okay, give that to me. Ah, yes. Whatever my devotee gives me, I'm fully satisfied. So now I'm fully satisfied. And Yasmin Tushte Jagat Tushta. When he's satisfied, everyone is satisfied. So at that point, Dorasa in the, in the, uh, river bathing with his disciples, and all of a sudden he felt like he had a huge meal. And then he said, oh, I, I feel, what happened? I, I was so hungry and all of a sudden I feel so full. And all his disciples said, yeah, we feel the same way too. What are we going to do? You know, Yudhishthir is preparing and we'll go there. It'll be a big embarrassment. And we're not able to, you know, I can't eat even, even can't eat even uh, you know, one grain of rice. So they all ran away. They didn't go. So Krishna saved them. Krishna saves his devotees. So Arjuna is remembering. Krishna saved us. Time and time again, Krishna saved us. It was by his, Krishna's influence only. I'm over time. What should I do? Okay. It was by Krishna's influence only that in a fight, I was able to astonish the personality of God, Lord Shiva and his wife, the daughter of Mount Himalaya. Thus he, Lord Shiva, became pleased with me and awarded me his own weapon. Other demigods also delivered their respective weapons to me, and in addition I was able to reach the heavenly planets in this present body and was allowed a half-elevated seat. Yeah, Arjuna, he fought not only with... Uh, Men, but he even for even Lord Shiva he fought with. Yes. Some hunter in the forest. He came across some hunter. And Kshatriyas, they don't fight with hunters in the forest. That's not their they fight with Kshatriyas. But some hunters also have bows and arrows, but they're not Kshatriyas. So some Arjuna was hunting in the forest and he he went, he killed an animal and then some hunter came and said, no, I killed the animal. Get out of here. No, I killed the animal. So then it, it came that the, the hunter, you see, there's a Kshatriya, he should, he should, uh, ex- oh yeah, he should, what's that word? He should defer to him. That, uh, all right, okay. You're respectable, you take but The hunter was insistent. And so he came to a fight. And what a fight. And in the end, the hunter, the hunter, you see, Arjuna thinking, a hunter, one arrow finished. There's no big fight. But it was a big fight. Very big fight. And he, he couldn't defeat the hunter. And then the hunter said, actually, I'm Lord Shiva. So you couldn't defeat me. You couldn't defeat me, but I'm satisfied with him. And Lord Shiva gave him his weapon. And Arjuna, actually, during this time, in exile, he met so many demigods, went to the heavenly planets, got different. Already at the time of the uh, Kandava, 
fighting. At that time, he got weapons from Agni, and during uh, the gradually, he got so many celestial weapons. He was awarded them. So when I say for some days as a guest, in the, yeah, but he's saying that this is all due to Krishna. It's all due to Krishna. Arjuna is always thinking of Krishna. So all his prowess comes from Krishna. When I stayed for some days as a guest in the heavenly planets, all the heavenly demigods, including King Indradev, took shelter of my arms, which were marked with the Gandiva bow, to kill the demon or demons named Nivata Kavacha. 60,000 demons who are harassing the demigods and Arjuna finished them all off. O king, descendant of Ajamira, at the present moment I am bereft of the supreme personality of Godhead by whose influence I was powerful. Because of Krishna. The military strength of the Kauravas was like an ocean in which there dwelled many invincible existences and thus it was insurmountable. But because of his friendship, I, seated on the chariot, was able to cross over it. And only by his grace was I able to regain the cows and also collect by force many helmets of the kings which were bedecked with jewels that were sources of all brilliance. So the beginning of this verse is referring to Kurukshetra, the Pandava forces. But even prior to that, shortly prior to that, uh, Arjuna, there, there was the time when the, uh, the Kauravas, they kidnapped the cows of Maharaj Virat and Arjuna incognito, the Pandavas incognito, were living in the palace there. So, Arjuna was uh, it must be pretty difficult to, for Arjuna to hide himself huh? if he's you know, such a powerful warrior just so huge and so powerful and so famous so Arjuna he took the role of a eunuch even nowadays if you call someone you eunuch it's a it's an insult, right? But imagine calling a kshatriya, a eunuch. I mean, he lives by his strength. Probably, you know, Arjuna's arms probably thicker than my whole body put together. <laughs> so, uh, he's so powerful, but he took the form of a eunuch, a dancing instructor to the young princess. And it's a very uh, effeminate kind of position. Of course, nowadays in the modern age, some men, they like to be like that. But he was disguised like that. And then the the Kauravas, they attacked Virat's kingdom to take away all his cows. And Arjuna thought, Yudhishthir said, he said, look, we're living here as guests. We shouldn't... You know, we should we shouldn't allow them to get away with this. So Arjuna came out, and all the Kauravas were there: the, 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 the Duryodhana, all his brothers, and uh, Shakuni, and Bhishma, and Drona, all. And Arjuna, Karna, and Arjuna single-handedly beat them all. Now who's that? Oh, that's a eunuch in the court of King Virat. 
Actually, it was Arjuna. By Krishna's grace, he was able to do such things. He went out to conquer for the Raja Surya Yagya. He went to the north side and uh, conquered all the kings on the north side, all by the grace of Krishna. It was he only who withdrew the duration of life from everyone and who in the battlefield withdrew the speculative power and strength of enthusiasm from the great military phalanx made by the Kauravas, headed by Bhishma. I mean, just even the name Bhishma, just even the name is enough to make most people, even to think of, and they can't even think of fighting with Bhishma. And even to stand in front of him. Most, you take this American army and going into Iraq, and just put them in front, they'll all faint if they just see Bhishma let alone fight with him. Karna, Drona, Shalya, their arrangement was expert and more than adequate, but he, Lord Sri Krishna, while going forward, did all this. So by Krishna's grace, Arjuna was able to conquer all the kings. So if we ask Arjuna, who is Krishna? What will he say? Param Brahma, Param Dhamma, Pavitram, Paramambhavan, Purusham, Shashvatam Divyam Adi Deva Majam Vibhu. Arjuna will say that Krishna is the supreme truth. He's the supreme abode of everything. Everything rests in Krishna. He's the supreme pure. He's the uh, eternal supreme person, the origin of all the demigods, unborn and all-powerful. And not only Arjuna will say that, but all the great rishis will say, Narada, Devala, Vyas, Asita, they'll all say the same thing. Arjuna said it. But later, Arjuna, uh, in, later means in Bhagavad Gita, Arjuna said something else to Krishna by which we can understand, even though Arjuna understands Krishna is so great, so powerful, then he wanted to see Krishna's form, the universal form, how Krishna says, Maya tatamidam sarvam jagadavyakto muritina amatsthani sarva bhutani nachahang teshvavasita. Krishna says that all the universe is in me, but I am not in it. So Arjuna said, I'd like to, can you show us that? I mean, it's, it's a little difficult to understand. Can you show how you're pervading the whole universe? Then Krishna showed the whole universal form. Krishna, Vast form. Arjuna is in one place on his chariot seeing the vast form of Krishna. And then he thought, oh. I said it. Param Brahma, Param Dhamma. He's the Supreme Lord. But Now I can... I theoretical knowledge, but look, look at this. It's just... It's indescribable. So at that time, Arjuna remembered how I was with Krishna. Sakheti madvam prasabam yaduktam. I used to, I, I used to say to you, oh my friend, oh, hey, hey Krishna, Krishna, hey, come on, Yadava. Hey Yadav, come here, come, we're Pandavas, and you're only Yadavas, we're the kings of the world, you're subordinate kings. Hey, Yadav, come here. 
Hey, Sakai, oh my friend. So like this, Krishna, Arjuna is remembering how he would call Krishna. And they would lie down on the bed together. They would chat with each other. You can imagine in the, uh, maybe in Dwaraka or somewhere, Krishna and Arjuna, they'd be walking on the road with, with, uh, just in the palace holding hands or with their arms wrapped around each other and talking to each other very intimately. Not everyone can do like that. Lying on the, they'll be lying on the bed and joking with each other and then resting and then Arjuna will poke Krishna and say, hey, come on, it's time to get up. Like this. So in this way they'll be joking and laughing together. So this kind of friend is, uh, Krishna is, Arjuna is Krishna's friend. And Krishna is Arjuna's friend. So this kind of friend, Krishna will reveal Bhagavad Gita to. Krishna, one of Krishna's names is Krishna Saka, the friend of Krishna. Krishna is the friend of Krishna. In this context, Krishna means Arjuna, because Krishna is also a name for Arjuna, because he's blackish, and because he's so close, that if we think of Arjuna, then we have to think of Krishna. And if we think of Krishna, we have to think of Arjuna. So such close friendship. So who is Krishna? If we ask Arjuna, you say, oh, he's my friend. Don't you know? Everyone knows Krishna is my friend. He's, he's the Supreme. He's my friend. We, we, you want to know about, hey, well, I'm going hunting with him now. Come on. You want to see Krishna? Arjuna can take us. So this kind of friend, Krishna spoke Bhagavad Gita to. So I think we should finish there. Huh? Is it or not? I mean, I can go on and on. Hmm? Yeah, yeah. How far north did he go? He went to uh, what's the name of that place? How far north? What was the name? Uh, no, no, no. Manipur. He went to Manipur a long time before that. It's northeast. East was Bhima Saint. What's the name? It's a, it's a Puranic name. The uh, Uttameru. And at that time, some people came to him and said. Don't go any further. We're satisfied with you. We'll give some gifts for the, but you shouldn't come any further. This is the limit for where, where humans can go. That's how far north he went. Uh, I'm not sure. I, 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 that should be the uh, North Pole, actually. What's called the North Pole? I think that is that a sign that we should finish. That's. Uh, it's said to, there's some speculation, I'm not sure, because it needs Puranic research, that that actually the abodes of the demigods begin there. So that's why humans, they're not generally allowed there. If you want, you can research it. We need, really, we need a whole team to do research in the Shastra. Many, many aspects. We need hundreds of scholars. Isn't it Adi Purush? If you look in the Shastra, there's hundreds and thousands of things to research. We should fill up all the libraries with books about Krishna and Arjuna and Vedic culture, Vedic philosophy. All the, all the history books, throw them all out and re- rewrite all the books. 
according to Vedic knowledge. We need hundreds of scholars, thousands. So that's one area. If you want, there's a huge amount of work to do in Puranic research. You have to study Sanskrit first. But there is a lot of work to do. So I'll finish here because... Or should I? I am. I can go on, I guess, until someone throws me out. Someone's coming to throw me out? Is it? The program has to go on. There's no authority. That's what the atheists say. No, no, don't be an atheist. It's not good to be an atheist. We should respect authority. We shouldn't blindly follow authority and we shouldn't blindly reject authority also. So when there's an authority that's worth worth following, we should follow. So what? Okay, we've finished that. I'll continue this lecture. I'm planning to continue it uh, on Saturday evening in Freiburg in Germany. So...